On today's episode, we are going to take a look at three companies reporting earnings this week. So let's get started. Like I said, today we are going to take a look at three companies and those three companies are going to be Groupon, Oracle and CarMax. All three of these are going to be reporting earnings this week. And how this episode breakdown is going to go is we're going to take a look at the price performance for these companies. We're going to take a look at past historical revenue growth, margin growth, their balance sheet, cash flow operations, and then just a quick way of how the whole COVID-19 has affected the, this, these businesses. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Like always, guys, before we continue, make sure to hit the subscribe button, the thumbs up and the bell. It helps the small channel out so much. And I truly, truly appreciate the support. Also, let me know in the comments right now if there's any of these three companies that you guys want me to do a full in-depth analysis. You're going to see today we are going to get real deep into the companies, but this is nothing compared to what I do when I take a full look at a company. So if you guys want me to look at their earnings feel free to let me know in the comments below like i said the three this week that i'm i'm kind of excited to see would be groupon oracle and carmax but if there's any other companies feel free to also let me know on the comments and if you guys don't know my name's jose naharo i've been investing for about seven years uh, and i've been constantly learning about the market i have tons of experience constantly constantly a student of the market i am very bullish in the following sectors semiconductors data um, cloud um, esports and e-commerce types so most of my portfolio is built around there my latest video was me talking about my top three esports companies so feel free to check that one out after i promise there's so much information there that i'm, ho I'm sure you guys will enjoy it all right so the first company we're actually going to take a look at is groupon and groupon has actually been been pretty active lately and it has been trending for some time the major thing is this company's price jumped all the way up to 21 dollars and 75 cents when just a month ago this company was trading at about a dollar so many people are wondering why this company jumped about 20 times it's it's price weight just about a year ago about a, a few months ago and the thing is no the company's price did not change um th there's something that happened where is it's called a reverse split stock and that's pretty much happens let's say you have 10 stocks at one dollar right so instead of having 10 stocks the company does is it reduces to for every 10 stock you now get one stock so if 10 stocks were worth one dollar each now one stock when they reverse it that one stock since is now equal 10 stocks will be equal to ten dollars but at the end of the day the company is still worth the same it's just the stock price that's changing but let's say if you were holding if you were holding a hundred stocks it would now go down to 10 stocks so that's pretty much just what happened with groupon in groupons it wasn't a one to ten it was i think a one to twenty so for every 20 stocks you had you would only get one stock back but again the price of those stocks changed throughout there so it's not like you really in theory you're not losing money at all and in theory you're not making money at all but usually the market reacts a little different to it when things like this happen so let's take a look at groupon since it's all-time high since it's highest in february 18th um compared to the price it ended now this company is down about 64 percent and it's uh, it's something we're gonna see right a huge reason that COVID-19 has affected Groupon. Groupon is well known for being like that local market server where they uh they sell cool they sell 
discounted prices to local vendors. Uh, and right now, with pretty much in the United States, the whole place closed down. Not many people, I'm guessing, are going to different to local vendors to getting a massage, to getting going to to do some form of event. So that has definitely brought down the that has definitely brought down the 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 excitement towards the investment in companies like Rupa. So now I'm on this amazing website, lazyfa.com. Um, right here, I'm going to take a look at revenue growth, and then we're going to take a look at margin growth for the company. In the past three years, this company's revenue continues to decline. In 2019, it saw a decline of about 16%. In 2018, it saw a decline of about 7%. And in 2017, it saw a decline of 5.6%. For any company, this is not something you want to see, right? You never want to see a decline in growth. That's always a, a big red flag. And we can see it has been happening for at least the past three years. Now we take a look at this company's gross margins and profit margins. One cool thing that I did not think we were going to see is gross margins does seem to be in an uptrend. But profit margins is the complete opposite. Profit margins last year for 2019 were negative 1%. So this company was actually losing money last year in 2019. In 2018, it was actually negative 0.4%. And in 2017, it was 0.5%, barely breaking even. But we can see there is a decrease in profit margin. So you can see, right, many red flags were shooting up about, about Groupon and how it was not, it was turning to be a bad investment. The first was the decline in revenue growth. The second thing was the historical decline of profit margins as well. All right, so now let's take a look at this company's balance sheet. And this is from their most recent quarter. Order. Here, this company at the end of last quarter had non-current debt of $325 million and it had cash and cash equivalents of about $750 million. So that's actually a pretty good thing, right? This company has enough cash and cash equivalents to pretty much pay off any long-term debt. So obviously, if you just, to me, the balance sheet is the best way to understand how a company is doing and the income statement, right? The income statement tells you, hey, are you, are you, is, is every are you increasing your your income coming in every year and if you see an uptrend in income increase that's obviously a good thing when you see a decrease in income that's obviously a bad thing the second thing on balance sheet if you have enough cash or enough money in your bank to pay off your debt obviously that you're in a great place right so it's very similar when you look at a company you just have to think of how you look at your finance obviously the names are sometimes a bit different that you might have to learn about the names but the overall way to really look at a business it's pretty much like looking at your finances so that's why i really enjoy taking a look at companies so like we said right this company has plenty and plenty of cash to pay off its non-current debt so for for a balance sheet perspective this company is in a great place again for an income statement place this company is not in a strong place so at the end of the day you have to take a look at everything to really see the great picture next let's take a look at this company's operating cash flow margins and the operating cash flow margins is the net cash flow from operations so this is how much money this company keeps from its everyday activities one thing is as this is actually decreasing and that's obviously a bad thing so for example for 2019 this company had operating cash flow margins of 3.2 percent so for every 100 dollars this company did on sales 
it only kept three dollars and twenty cents on 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 its on its sales, right? That's regular money that goes on its operations, and that's actually pretty bad, right? Imagine selling a hundred dollar product and only keeping three dollars out of it. The other thing that we're seeing it's bad is this margin is continued to is continuing to decrease. At one point in 2014, margins were as up at 10 percent. So right now things are not really looking that good for Groupon. Let's take a quick look at this company's most recent earnings, which they reported in February 18th. This was for the quarter that ended December 31st. So this was pre-COVID-19. Pre-COVID-19, this company's revenue was down 23% compared to the same time last year. So I, I can't imagine how much worse it's going to be for this quarter where they're going to report, which is going to be probably till the end of April, maybe till the end of March when it was pretty much all of COVID-19. So one thing, though, is if we take a look at Groupon at its current state right now where it's at, it, it, it really looks like a bad, bad business. And that's why the stock price is so down, right? It has been beaten up even before COVID-19. If we take a look at the price in the past year, this company has dropped about 70%. So, right, this company has taken a huge, huge hit. So Groupon, where it's at now, is not a place I would like to invest. But Groupon, in their last recent earnings, they mentioned that they're doing a whole complete turnaround of their overall business, where they want to become more of a local type, where right now, if you go to Groupon, what you see is, is you see a lot of local vendor stuff, but you also see a huge spam of different e-commerce items. So it was. It looked like like Groupon was trying to do two different directions. What they're trying to do is take away the e-commerce objects and just really much focus on the local experience. And this is something that not many. There's there's a few competitors, right? We can think of what was the um, some competitors. I think TripAdvisor might be one of them. But this is really what you really want to go into a full in-depth local market here, and that's what Groupon is trying to do. They're going to create a new application. They're going to create a new application and really focus in that type of market. And I think that's where Groupon, like when I think of Groupon, that's what it should focus on, right? When I, I don't think of Groupon as a place where I'm going to go buy some three pairs of sunglasses for $30 or something, right? That's not what I've ever used Groupon for. So for them to move into something like this, I think is in the right direction. The question is, is it too late? And the question is, how has COVID-19 really delayed this process, right? Because now with COVID-19, a lot of people are not, I'm not going out so that even though this is a right, I think it's a right direction. It might be a right direction at the wrong time, right? Just the overall market of where we're at right now will not really help this company out. So this is my current thoughts on Groupon. I do think if they could turn around, this could be a great story. This could be one that, hey, Groupon was that company that was failing, that if they do turn around, it can be a great success story for investors. But of course, with stories like that, it could, it, they are very, very risky. So I can't wait to see earnings for this company this week to see how they have reacted with everything. And then just one thing I want to mention, right? It is many people don't, I feel that many people don't take a look at their 10Q report or the earnings release that, that companies release, that do. And here, this is something they released in February 18th. And they mentioned that there was a reverse stock 
split proposal. So it's not like this reverse split was new, right? This is these stuff like this are planned ahead of time. And we can tell that uh, we can tell that we if you look at stuff like this, you can really see what's going on within the business. All right, the next thing we're going to take a look at is Oracle and Oracle has actually been uh, a company I've actually just started to get really, really uh, interested in and my main reason for is i've been looking at a lot of cloud companies companies that do crm customer relations management customers that uh, companies and for example salesforce is one of them it's one of the major major ones in there we and a lot of clouding computers are now some of the new clouding computers out here that are going up in price ridiculously are companies that do deal with crm companies that deal with hrm human resources management Oracle has actually been a company that every time I look for a competitor within the, for I look at competitors for those cloud companies, Oracle always makes the list. So that's actually something I did not know. So Oracle is dealing with cloud CRM, cloud HRM, all types of cloud services for enterprises. Um, so I would have expected um, Oracle to be actually doing pretty good. But if we take a look at since February 20th, when the market started tanking, this company is actually down 6.5%, which to me, I find on, especially due to the type of market Oracle is in. Um, but now let's take a look at this company's historical values and see maybe why we can see why this company is not as increasing as, as the other companies. And the one thing, right, those other companies we have seen, those other cloud companies are increasing at a 30, 40% growth rate. So let's take a look at Oracle now. All right, so first let's take a look at Oracle's revenue growth. Next, let's take a look at this, and then we're gonna take a look at this company's margins growth. But remember guys, if you guys are liking the content, make sure to subscribe and make sure to let me know in the comments which company you guys want me to do next. So revenue growth for Oracle in 2019 was 0.3%. In 2018 was 4%, and in 2017 it was 2%. So now I can see why many people are not too excited about Oracle, right? This company is growing at a low single digits, and that's something that, hey, right now we have big companies like Google, Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, all growing revenue at about a 20%. So if big companies like that, it's not exciting to see a revenue growth in the single digits. Next, let's take a look at this company's margins and then we'll jump into the balance sheet so here one thing i can see is this company is a very very stable company gross margins for the past 10 years has been above between 75 to 80 percent right now is sitting at 79.8 percent the same can be said about profit margins they are a bit of loops up and downs but again there's certain expenses but on average this company's this company's profit margins is between 20 to 30 percent in 2019 it was 20 28.1%. So this is a company that is actually making money for investors. Does it even ha does it have a it actually even has a dividend, right? Something most growth companies don't have. But we can see Oracle is not a growth story. Um, next, let's take a look at Oracle's most recent balance sheet. And after this, we'll take a look at their operating cash flow margins. The first thing I want to see is this company has has cash of about 
23 billion 20 close to 24 billion dollars in current investments of about 2 billion dollars so this company has quick cash of 26 billion dollars give or take then let's take a look at this company's current debt current debt is debt that needs to be paid off in the next 12 months it has 2.3 billion dollars of that that to me is okay right this that's not a lot this is it's about a little less than 10 percent of what this company has in cash so this company has enough cash to do that the next thing is this company has non-current debt of about 50 billion dollars in in debt and we like i said right every time we take a look at a company we have to understand what type of state they're in we took a look at Groupon previously. We saw that company had a very bad income statement. It was barely making any money. So when we take a look at a balance sheet, we have to be a little more strict. Oracle, on the other hand, is a company that's making a lot of money, right? It has a 25% profit margins. So to see non-current debt bigger than cash and cash equivalents, that to me is okay, right? Just like me, right? I, I, I don't, I have plenty of cash in the bank, but I have a very big, big, not very big, but I have a, a nice amount of non-current debt on my mortgage. But to me, just because I have more non-current debt on my mortgage than I do of cash, it doesn't mean my finances are exactly bad. My ink, my my income continues to increase my prop the amount of savings i do continues to increase because i'm paying down some debt so it, it my profit margins are doing better so to see non-current debt being a lot higher than cash and cash equivalents for a company like this that's making st steady money every year it's not a bad thing right so for me this is an average balance sheet it's not something i would fail but if i was to give it a grade just due to everything else we know about this company it would be sort of like a, a b minus c plus now let's take a look at this company's cash flow operating cash flow margins has been pretty stable at 36 percent right completely different level from groupon so for every 100 dollars that this company does in sales 36 dollars go back to its operations which i think it, it comes from it goes from operations so i think that's actually pretty strong um that's something i would let i definitely like to see and we can see why we were a bit more lenient on this company's balance sheet um, now let's take a quick look at where oracle makes its money and how and how covid 19 might have affected um so here we have on their most recent earnings i have highlighted 83 percent of this company's total revenue comes from two services cloud services and licensing support and cloud license and on-premise license so anything right now with cloud services has continued to increase. In February, at the end of February 29th, this was still pre-COVID-19, they were seeing small increase, 4% in cloud service and license support and 2% decrease in cloud license. So I do think due to COVID-19, especially for this upcoming quarter, we might see a stronger growth than average, but still this company is not really, really growing that much. Total revenue in this most recent quarters only went up 2%, which was very similar to what this company's um, overall revenue growth seems to be, right? 4%. 0.3% and 2% in the past three years. But like I said, it, it, it could actually be, I would be pretty excited if this company actually reports uh, at least double digit growth in these clouding services 
but I'm not sure how, how likely that is. But obviously with COVID-19, things like this can actually, actually happen. The other 20% of this company's revenue comes from hardware and services. Um, something that I, I don't think we're going to be affected much due to COVID-19. The two major I do think are going to be those, those clouding service sectors. All right, and the last company we're going to take a look at is CarMax. And CarMax is America's largest used car retailer and a Fortune 500 company. CarMax, if we take a look from February 20th, this company is actually down 11.7%. To be honest, this is actually a lot higher than I would have anticipated. Due to COVID-19, I think the last thing people would be doing is buying cars. But it does seem like I might be wrong because the market believes that right now buying cars is probably one of the best investments if this company is only down 7%. One thing CarMax is doing, I, I know they are have changed kind of their structure of, of how they're selling cars. They're doing kind of like contactless the um, contextless purchase they're also doing similar things to Carvana, Carvana um, where they kind of do delivery without you having to to even set foot in the store or even having to um, even having to talk to anybody you can do everything from your home I do think this is actually uh, I wouldn't say a weird thing but just to me I, I'm, I'm kind of a car guy so I like to test drive the car before driving it um, so something like this is not something I would be interested in and maybe that's where my bias is coming from of why maybe I, I think this should have been a lot lower. But let's take a look at this company's revenue growth and next we're going to take a look at this company's margins. And like I keep saying guys, if you guys like the content, make sure to hit the subscribe button and let me know, do you guys want me to do CarMax in, in, in its earnings on Fridays? Um, but now let's take a look at revenue growth. In 2020, this company's revenue grew about 11% compared to the previous year. In 2019, it grew 6.1%. And 2018, it grew 7.8%. And you might be like, Jose, why does it say 2020 December 31st? This all depends on what they call the physical year. So 2019 might have been 20, their 2020 physical year. So that's that's just the thing, right? The dates don't really matter. It's just uh, sometimes physical year for for different companies are on certain dates but still on the most recent on the most recent earning revenue on the most recent year this company actually grew 11 percent. so hey this is actually doing not as bad as i thought it would um so now let's take a look at this company's gross margins and profit margins for the past five for the past four years so one thing we can see, right, both these margins seem to be pretty steady. They, they don't seem to be increasing or decreasing at any rapid rate. Gross margins this past year were 13.4%. Profit margins were 4.4%. You can see, right, the car, the car market, the automobile market has very low both gross margins and very low profit margins, um, especially because you are buying a vehicle already and those vehicles are already pretty expensive and you're only selling them for a bit of a markup price. All right, so now let's take a look at CarMax balance sheets. Then let's take a look at this company's cash flow, cash flow um, operations margins. So here, non-current investment, this company, uh, actually let's take a look at just quick cash. So this company has cash and cash equivalents of $539 million, no current investment. That's actually pretty low amount of cash. Next, this company has current debt of $464 million. 
So one good thing, this company has enough cash to pay off any non-current debt. This company does have a huge portion of non-current investment and a huge portion of non-current debt. And to me, both of these are probably their, their cars that they're counting as some form of, of both liabilities and assets right these these companies probably have huge inventory that they're putting a lot of debt into that's why they have such non high non-current debt to be honest this is a balance sheet i am nowhere near happy to see this is one that if i was just to look at this i would not stay full i would not i personally would not get into carmax especially seeing after those very low profit margins of four percent and very even low gross margins um not a company that i would invest in again but there's different people there's different investment styles even though for me it's not a company i would like it's probably it still could be a good investment right so never let one person change your mind about everything here i'm just trying to give my opinion and and the uh, within the facts that i see but there's always even even if i try not to there's always going to be some form of bias given right it, it, it's just the way human humans work i'm trying to look at the best of the numbers and just based on these numbers these are not something i would personally get into next let's take a look at this company's most recent operating cash flow margins and for 20 for this most recent years it was actually negative one dollar and 16 cents so for every $100 this company actually sold, it actually lost about $1.16, which is something I would, again, something I personally would not like, but I know there's plenty of, of analysts out there. I think JP Morgan was just pretty bullish on this company and gave it a over $100 price target. So like I said, me, I'm not too familiar with the car market world. Maybe I'm just not seeing what others are seeing. If you guys are seeing something else, let me know in the comments below I, I definitely like to learn others opinions as well about what they feel about carmax carmax most recent earnings that happened in april 2nd for their earnings they reported a 15 percent year-to-year growth so that's one thing i do see right this is definitely a growth company it's growing at a very strong double digits the other thing we're going to take a look at is like i mentioned carmax is doing different different programs to help out with the with the pandemic and now i pretty much wanted to take a look at where this company makes its money from so to be honest it, it, i thought i thought there might have been like something some form of secret sauce that carmax had but no carmax main form of revenue is used vehicle sales wholesale vehicle sales those are the two biggest portion of this company's revenue the small then the other they make sales out of like extended protection plans but that's pretty small um so there there's not much there yeah so there's no other form of revenue and still the most money this company makes comes from the prop gross profit comes from this company's use vehicle sales followed by wholesale vehicles so that's it guys that's the three companies i am gonna keep an eye on if you guys want me to do an earnings on any of them make sure to let me know on the comments below take care guys have a good day and see you tomorrow with my quick daily news of what happened around the market and tomorrow is actually monday matches um this is a day when i actually put two companies against each other um i've done alibaba versus amazon i've done alibaba versus jd um i recently just did ea games versus activision so to tomorrow i i think i'm doing apple versus microsoft i'm not 100 percent sure but let me know what you guys uh let me know if, make sure to watch that right so take care guys have a good night and see you next time